Welcome to the phenomenal teaching ministry of the Pistis Place. It is our vision to see convictions birthed in the hearts of men, thereby establishing Christ. Spiritual growth beckons. Ready? Hallelujah. Can we pray as a congregation? Father, we thank you this evening for the adventure in the spirit that you have destined us. You have granted us access into your presence and indeed we mount up with wings like eagles. Let tonight be a night of empowerment where you bring about actualization to the ordinations of men by spiritual equipment and impartation. Let your hand be strong over this house tonight to your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You may be seated. God bless you. In order for you to be a functionary, an expression, a fundamental expression significant to extending the frontiers of the kingdom of God, there are a few assets that you will need in order for you to labor adequately in the enterprise of the kingdom of God. My little lecture for the evening is to unveil a few of such assets, kingdom assets, uh, that are used to equip a functionary so that he can become competent in the delivery of kingdom things. Let's take a few verses of the Bible. I'd like you to turn to the book of Exodus. Chapter 3, then we'll move to the book of Psalms, chapter 92. Hallelujah. Exodus, chapter 3. This is a scenario where God was dispatching Moses to go speak to the elders of the children of Israel that were in captivity. I'd like you to follow the background before we begin to do the Bible study. In Exodus chapter 3, beginning from verse 16, this is God speaking. 16. He said, go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have sorely visited you, and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. Next verse. And I have said, um, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. 
That's a great presentation that God was making here. But Moses was not divinity. Moses was in the realm of humanity. And so he had to ask God a few questions. I don't know what instrument that you intend to use to bring about the fulfillment of these lofty plans of yours. And so I need a few answers to some of uh, my misgivings. And so you'll see Moses responding with a few questions because he wanted God to explain how that he will bring this to pass because he has an idea of the capacity of the king that he will be coming against even Pharaoh. And so in, you will find in the book of Exodus chapter 4, Exodus chapter 4 verse 1, Moses is expressing his perspective from the standpoint of humanity. Now the errand was to take a message of a coming intervention of God to the elders of Israel who were heavily laden under the bondage of affliction. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. They will call me a storyteller. They will say, I, I didn't meet with you. I just cooked up something. And in the light of their affliction, if I have no evidence to prove that you have dispatched me, I'm going to be a victim. So he needed security. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord had not appeared unto you. What does God do to a kingdom functionary that he wants to dispatch? And upon what basis will men believe that he has had an encounter with God because his encounter was in the privacy of his bedroom, in the privacy of his aloneness. And now God was sending him to do something in the public light. He needed a kingdom tool that will prove that he is authentic, is genuine. And God has a way of equipping kingdom people. We are going to start. It's a long lecture. It's a long lecture. But I will take part A of the lecture. It's from A to F. We will do A this night. Because it seems A is related to the business of the evening. So let's start the study. Come with me to the book of um, Psalms 92 from verse 10. And stay with me because I want to teach the scriptures. 92 verse 10. All right. Are you there? Psalms 92 verse 10. Oh my God, we don't have time. I would have read a few verses before this verse of interest. But because of insufficient time, permit me to violate theological principles. Because it is expected for you to read uh, the body of truth that so surrounds an emphasis because truth does not exist in a vacuum. It says, but my horn shall now exalt like the horn of a unicorn. 
I shall be anointed with fresh oil. My horn shall now exalt. And the context in which this scripture was derived was a situation of enemies. There were people that wanted to resist the possibility of this individual. And what God does in the case of, in the situation of contradiction, opposition, where there is an initiative to prove that you do not have the capacity that you claim to have to prosecute the mission that God has dispatched you to prosecute. What God does is that he exalts your horn. Meanwhile, you know the word horn used in that scripture is a metaphor. It's a metaphor that is referenced to the word authority. Authority is the first equipment that God gives to a man that he dispatches, that he deploys as a functionary to extend his kingdom and to manifest his glory. If you have authority, even people that hate you with passion cannot do anything about your existence because you are equipped to do kingdom business and you are a licensed functionary to bear the name of the Lord and to pro prosecute the mandate that he has given unto you. Authority is a proof that you were dispatched from God. The work of the ministry, the kingdom, kingdom labels are not done on the strength of human intelligence and oratory and physical talents and capacities. There are spiritual signs that prove that God has dispatched a functionary. And if those signs are not present, it doesn't matter the other endowments that you'll be incompetent in kingdom business because kingdom business happens to bring in into view the reality of a kingdom that is not visible to the naked eyes. They are spiritual capacities and endowments that God makes available. He said, but my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now, I'm going to digress to show us the framework that sustains this body of truth that we just extracted from the book of Psalms 92. So we'll forget about this scripture and then go into the engineering of what makes this scripture true before we come back to it. Exactly? Alright, so let's go to Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. Let us see the experience of these people because Jesus said don't bother don't bother going around to do evangelism. <laughs> Make sure you tarry. Tarry where? In Jerusalem. You will need some form of equipping to come upon your life. Then you become competent. You become able. Because without this equipping, you will not have the capacity to do kingdom business. A terrible day came in the body of Christ and the church of Jesus. Where ministers of the gospel came to a point of thinking that it is capable to prosecute the errands of the kingdom on the strength of talents. 
A terrible day came, arose in our generation, where comedians have a part to play on the sacred altar of the anointed. It's, uh, it's an abomination that reveals how departed we are from spiritual alignment. And most of the challenges that the church is facing today is because those abominations were manifested in high places. And as the Lord begins to order a new generation through the policy of the change of God that has gone, her, been heralded in the spirit, it is needful for upcoming ministers of the gospel to seek to be authentic. Because the generation in which we are born into faces crisis. There are many more questions than answers. There are many more reasons to be afraid than to be in faith. Our generation in terms of his, his context is crying for what is genuine. And is willing to question everything along the way. Because a lot of people have become victims of false expression of churches. If you run or administer a questionnaire, you will find out that 25% of Christians, that I, I, I did this research that I'm telling you about, were victims of false expressions, of local expressions of the body of Christ. Injuries in the soul. And so, there is a big question. It's just that many of us have refused to see it. Is it true that God sent you? Because the last person I encountered, this was how it ended up. All kinds of stuff. Even just the time that I spent praying in the hotel room, I got a straight, I almost couldn't come out because I, hey, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Somebody reported a, an issue. And the credibility of our generation in terms of the enterprise of the gospel is on an all-time low. In fact, you are a suspect now if you say you are a man of God. What does God do to a function that he wants to dispatch to a generation that is so likely never to believe that he met God? To cleanse doubts and to make them know that even though it has started for 400 years, the God of the Hebrews is about to provide an answer to the quagmire. Moses said, they will not believe me. No one will accept that you encountered me. They have been long in captivity. Their father's father's father were captors. All they know is a scourge of the whip of the taxmasters. To raise hopes now under this circumstance, hopes that are false will attract a cause. How will they know that you has sent me. Many people took off like a tornado into ministry without asking this question. And your rise has not been tantamount to the rise of a solution because you are lacking in equipment. Jesus said, Tarry ye. Don't show yourself because the way I'm seeing you guys now, you want to show yourself. He said, Tarry. <laughs> you will need equipment. Until you are endued 
power, not from University of Oyo. Where will it come from? From on high. So all of the time you spend waiting for endorsement from heaven is not wasted. It is one of the prices to pay for credibility. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rush and mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. My intention tonight is to show you the architecture of this reality. Since the psalmist said that the pathway of the exaltation of your horn will be because you were anointed with fresh oil. This is a classic case of the anointing descending upon the people to galvanize them and equip them for kingdom service, a capacity to extend the frontiers of the kingdom of God. So let us check the back end of this scripture and that will be Psalms 110. Psalms 110 verse 1, technical man help me. If you are still with me, say amen. amen. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Next verse. The Lord shall send the rod of Thy strength out of Zion, rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Okay, let's add another verse, hoping that we'll have the time to prosecute it adequately. Thy people shall be willing. Oh my God, we can't, we can't prosecute it. In the day of thy power, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. It's, it's a heavy scripture. The scenario we are seeing here is one of those scenarios that was downloaded through the prophetic grace that was upon David. There were four basic capacities that David operated. He operated in the capacity of a king, capacity of a priest, capacity of a psalmist, capacity of a prophet and the book of psalms is a library of four books if you are a good student of the book of psalms you must have discovered it has four sections okay let's leave that hallelujah it's a compendium and each section has an emphasis but god will help us in the name of jesus the scripture that we just read is a disclosure that came to the psalmist when he operated 
in the office of a prophet. It was a vision of a kingdom scenario where policy was generated from the highest government that existed in the universe. It was a scenario that um, revealed a point in the administration of the purpose of God. It was the father that was speaking to the son and telling the son, well, you have earned yourself a new designation in the kingdom on the account of satisfying the claims of divine justice. Now that you have come back to heaven, haven't satisfied the claims of divine justice. And the enmity that existed between God and man has been sorted out. And on the strength of man's faith, man can come back into alignment. That possibility has already been achieved and the legal premise has been established. When Jesus came back to heaven, the father assigned him to a new office. Are you with me? The new office into which he was assigned is the basis of his heavenly ministry. Part of what Paul discovered when he went on honeymoon to the wilderness of Arabia was the heavenly ministry of the Christ. That now that he has finished satisfying the claims of divine justice he has been received into heaven and he has been given a portfolio in heaven it is a graphic picture of his ascendancy into that office in the spirit that the psalmist is painting right here by prophetic vision and the father said unto the son sit down at my right hand and when we say right hand in kingdom terminology, it's a register of the kingdom. doesn't mean this side. It means the place of administration. And the implication of that is there is no purpose of God that can be accomplished without the administrator. You are not with me. That is the same office that Lucifer coveted that led to his fall. For your information, it was the administrative position. The throne existed, but it was vacant. I don't have time to walk that scripture and walk those things out so that you will see the full layout of administrations in heaven. In fact, the story of Philippians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12 is a graphic picture of the progression of how Jesus earned that capacity and the proof that he was brought into that designation is the stature that his name carries. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that story. He says, sit down here in the place of administration. So if God wants to talk to you, are you with me? You are not with me today. If God wants to talk, if the Father wants to talk to you, He can't talk to you directly. He must talk to you through that administration. If you want to talk to the Father, you cannot talk to the Father directly. You must talk to Him through that administration. How many of you have prayed before and you knew your prayer was answered? 
You knew it inside. It is an office that gave you that knowing. It's the office of the Christos, the Christ. There is no way you can connect with God outside of that administration. In fact, the proof that you were, you were born again at all is that that administration established a branch in your heart. And that branch is managed by the Holy Ghost. Now he was being assigned to that office. And the father gave him a promise and said, You sit down at my right hand and keep sitting there. You will no longer be in active field performance. You have earned the status of a field marshal. So sit down now. Your place will be administration. And it will be my business to bring your enemies to surrender at your feet. The next question we need to ask is, how do you intend to do that? Then the next verse comes to the rescue. He said, the Lord shall send, what? The rod of thy strength out of sight. Now, wait, you are not seeing, you are not seeing. You are becoming excited. Don't be excited. Follow this thing, follow this. First of all, we have a throne. Can you see the throne? Sit down at my right hand. The throne. It's an office. And that's why Paul revealed to us that grace can only be sourced through a throne. The administration of grace is a throne. And that's why he invited us to come boldly. To where? There is a monarch that administers grace. Because grace is the virtue of his death. Oh my, I don't have time. It's the life that came out of his death. So if, if you have ever anointed, if you have ever touched the grace of God, you have become indebted to that monarch that sits there. Because it was out of his fullness, his excess, his reality that we have received. Grace. On what? Next scripture. He said, and the, Lord, the Lord shall send the rod of his strength out of Zion. The Holy Ghost will have to be dispatched out of Zion. Why? In keeping with the policy that heaven has made. I will bring your enemies to your footstool. So the Holy Ghost had to be released from heaven. The rod of the strength of God had to be released from heaven into the earth. God now in the heaven has no staff because he released his rod out of heaven to come down into the earth. And he, his rod came out into the earth with a mandate, rule thou. Are you with me? East. Of what? Of thine enemies. You know, did you follow the lecture yesterday? You know, I said that this world is a three-dimensional world. It's not meant for spirits. It's a world of time, of space, and of matter. And that man is the only creature that can operate in this three-dimensional world Are you still with me? And that man is the only creature that can operate in this three-dimensional world legitimately because of his body and can operate legitimately in the unseen realm because he has what? A spirit. That man is not a spirit, but man has a spirit. That there's no scripture in the entire Bible 
that suggests that man is a spirit. So man is a creature of the interface. Oh my God. Like a linesman. Because of that, that is the reason. It is because man is like a linesman that he can exercise guardianship. Guardianship is one of the capacities, apostolic capacities that God gives. Okay, let's leave that. Let's leave that. There was one wonderful mic you gave me this morning. Has it been stolen? Oh my God. Hallelujah. He said the Lord shall send the rod of his strength out of Zion, shall send the Holy Ghost out of Zion. And the Holy Ghost comes with a mandate, rule down in the midst of thy enemies. But the Holy Ghost doesn't have legitimacy in the three-dimensional world. And that's why the next verse comes to the rescue. Thy people. The Holy Spirit must, are you with me? Partner with men. And the day of, the power, of thy power he spoke about began with Pentecost. So the explanation of Pentecost is this scripture. There are two things I would like you to see. One is a throne. The expression of that throne, the authority of that throne is expressed by a spirit on earth. It's a throne in heaven. But it's what? It's a spirit on earth. Did you, are you with me? It's what in heaven? What is it on earth? Now, I, I can make this point comfortably now. The kingdom of God operates by thrones. It operates by what? Have you ever seen the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 16? Have you read that, read that before? Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. Now, technical man, help me quickly. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invincible but when the list of items were mentioned he spoke about things that are in the invincible realm the first thing he mentioned is what it's in the plural do you realize that lucifer had a throne he was an angelic prince and every angelic prince has a throne because some things are committed to such a prince to manage in the angelic world. Oh my God, you are not with me. It was Lucifer that said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Because it's a kingdom that operates by what? Throne. Proof. Hallelujah. The proof that there is a throne supporting you is that there is an anointing that is consistent on your life. Because it is a throne in the spirit and it manifests as what? Spirit or not. If I give you the Bible now and you begin to bring revelations from the book, revelations that it's obvious that it was revealed, it's not a product of study. It's and you can do it consistently. It's a proof of the fact that there's an anointing to teach. There's the, the spirit of revelation is at work in your life. 
And that is evidence of the fact that there is a throne of revelation you have ascended in heaven. If promotion in the spirit is ascension to thrones, the evidence that you have been promoted is that there's an oil. And when that oil becomes functional, what it does is that it gives you authority in a certain area. I'm still explaining Psalms 92. My home shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be. So it means with more anointing, there's more authority. So one of the equipment that God makes available is the anointing. Are you with me? We are, we are we're talking about one subject, which is authority. The proof that you have authority from God. And the measure of authority you have from God can be indexed by the measure of anointing you're walking. It's a proof that you have a throne in the spirit. And the capabilities of that throne is walked into the anointing that is given. In Acts chapter 2 where we read when Peter stood up for his exhortation in the capacity as an in, of an interpreter to bring perspective to the mysterious things that have happened on the day of Pentecost he quoted this scripture that we just read and he also gave us an insight that there was a coronation service that took place in heaven and in that coronation service Jesus was declared both Lord and Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 36. There were two capacities that were attributed to him. I don't have time to work it out. Are you with me? The place of the Christ, the place of the administration of the things of God, of the kingdom of God. And when John was to begin his guided tour through heaven, the place, first place he had to come was the throne room. That's where every civilization in heaven derives. So he needs to see the origin of all things. That's where your calling came from. That's where your ordination came from. The policy directions that shaped 12 years of your life, 15 years of your life came from that throne room. Anything you see in heaven that you cannot reference to the throne is a distraction. So in his guided tour, he went to 12 places, but the first place he went to was the throne room. And there are 12 articles that constitute the civilization of heaven. My horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. In the book of Acts chapter 10, a testimony was spoken about Jesus. And what was referenced about Jesus was his escapade of philanthropy. You huh. see how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's a story. <laughs> With the Holy Ghost and with power. Then he went about doing good. The word good there is philanthropy. The philanthropic ministry of Jesus was predicated 
on spiritual resources that equipped him to function. If by any means you take off like a tornado without equipment, your rising and your mission will not be an extension of that ministry of philanthropy because you lack what it takes to do good in the context that Jesus did good. He went about doing what? Good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. That is to show you that God will never give you anything that you don't need him to operate. When he, God anoints you, <laughs> you, you, he needs to be following you to operate it. Have you seen a, a vehicle that is faulty and the mechanic decides to be following the vehicle? It's moving, but there's a challenge. So you need the mechanic in the vehicle so that if there's a challenge, you say, okay, the exhaust, the exhaust. The anointing doesn't make you independent from God, doesn't make you a superstar. It makes you utterly dependent on God. When God told Abraham to leave his country, leave his kindred, leave his father's house, that means become countryless, become familyless, become fatherless, and go to a land that gives you an entirely new identity. Abraham, there was a luxury Abraham could never afford. That is to quarrel with God. Because God never gave him the address of where he was going. The next part of the map will come out of the dream he will have in the night. Will come out of word of knowledge or a vision. So he had to be dependent. He can't quarrel with God. Because if he quarrels with God, he'll be stranded in the desert. Oh, you're not with me. Someone takes off like a, a, a tornado just because God forgot some small oil on him. And then he, he doesn't know he's going to crash. That the vehicle he's using is, is accidented. He needs the mechanic to be putting oil to be servicing the, the system. And then he takes off. He has other uses for the anointing. And he doesn't know that the visibility that the anointing will give, will give him is the same instrument that will destroy him if God is not with him. The anointing is an instrument of attraction. The anointing is a tool that engenders visibility. With the anointing, you can shake the world. But you see, the anointing can't give shape. It can't give shape. It is bombastic. It can explode, but it cannot bring order. Oh, you are not with me. It is through government that God brings order. So even in the use of the anointing, we need to wait under the government of God for him to... It's not... See, okay. If I step down from this place, there is a guaranteed level of anointing that God has given, given me. Guaranteed level. That is, I can control it I have 70% possibility of control of that anointing. I can do what God is not telling me to do. I have that ability. If you are wise, you will limit your doing to the one he tells you. Because he will, he will never give you anything he doesn't want to operate in you. For God was what? 
with him. So one of the evidences that you are authorized, one of the indicators of the authority you carry is the anointing. It empowers an aspect of your life. It's not every aspect that it empowers. My, my anointing is on my vocal cord. Because I was born a stammerer by birth. What makes me speak is power. It's on Theophilus' singing. If you put him in a wrestling match, he's likely to lose. Because the anointing is not there. But in the case of Samson, the anointing... <laughs> you don't understand. It is only where the anointing is that there's authority. <laughs> don't think because you are anointed to cast out devils that you, you can actually manage money. You will be in debt. You will be in debt. I think what the average believer was made to think is that we are jacks of all trades. You will learn by experience. Find out. Where the anointing works in your life. That's the only area that you can exercise the dominion mandate. And the workings of the anointing is a suggestion of what God has called you to do. Remain there. If you want to manage money, give someone else that has the anointing to do that. Do you understand that? For instance, okay, in the administration of a meeting like this, don't call me to take an offering. I am... I am combustible. I am inflammable. So if you call me to take offering, many times we, they have called me in meetings to take offering. We, we did deliverance, cast out devils. <laughs> you understand? It, it's, and then at the end of the day, my pastor will say, Oga, you forgot the offering. I said, okay, don't be giving me again. Don't give me. Because what I have is not consistent with administration. So I have left administration to them. Do, do all your, sign your things, do, and give way. Do you understand that? There are people that are anointed for administration. They can think about the details. They remember where this fits, where that fits, who can man this place, who can, thank God. That's how some people's anointing operate. So the area of the anointing is, is, is suggestive of what God is willing to empower in your life. And when there's a situation, let's look for the man that has the anointing to do that. Some people's anointing is in the area of governments and administration. If you make that person a, a governor, the potential of the state will be realized in four years. You don't need the eternity for actualization to find expression. It's an anointing. The fact that someone can cast out devils doesn't mean he can survive in government house. Stay where God has, has empowered you. And if you really stay, the ministry of philanthropy in its diverse shades and colors will begin to find expression. The end product will be good. Number two, second proof that you have authority. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. Are you there? He said the secret things belong to the Lord, our God. 
But those things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever. That we may do all the words of the Lord. He said the secret things belong to God. And the things that are revealed belong to us, belong to our children. Next class. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings, kings are men of authority to search it out. Another proof that you have authority is that you have access, you have entrance in the spirit. <laughs> the spirit realm operates by secrets. There are diversities of secrecies that are held up in the realm so that it will be easy to identify who has met with God. The proof is that he has secrets. So things that are common, things that are, are, can be accessed at face value, if that's all you have, you don't have any secrets, you lack authority. That's why you were not given access. Because the preoccupation of kings is to search things out. The level of authority that you can wield is dependent on secrets that you have received. I knew my grandfather at the age of 120. Wasn't using a walking stick. Never used glasses for his eyes. And his back was straight. The moment he died. And my grandmom was, I saw her at 90. At 90. She never used glasses. Had a straight back. Held it. The moment two of them died. Nobody could live more than 60 and then I, I saw that pattern. And it was a confusing pattern, so I had to seek it out. It took me 10 years. <laughs> it's the job of kings. When there's a problem, they gather their cabinet to find out, oh, what, what is this? That's the job of a king. He needs to find out, search things out so that he can solve problems. And you, you know nothing. You know nothing about your blood and about your, your village, about your family. You don't even know the meaning, the significant meaning of the name of the clan. And you want to bring deliverance there. You are incompetent. You have not been sent. It's just zeal. And zeal will earn you nothing but satanic attention. The type you have had for the past few years. You don't just take off on a good idea. You have a good idea. So, oh my God, it's a good idea for freedom to come to this house. Go and do the job of kings. The men that have secrets are men that have rank. Because it's God's preoccupation to hide things. And there's a string of secrecies. In the kingdom of God. Oh, I don't have time to, to take you on a journey. To see how that the kingdom operates by mysteries. Mysteries. And in that kingdom, there are items that are called sealed things. The English name for that is classified. 
you need some clearance levels for you to enter into that economy. In the parliament, you will find kings removing their crowns and casting it down. Those kings are, are searchers and researchers. It is in the spirit that you will find out that there is a search facility that is superior to Google. For the spirit searches all things, the Bible says. And even the deep things of God. My question is, what do you know? Jacob was running away from home and he stumbled upon a place. He thought he was the one that stopped there. He thought his will was what made him choose that place as a location to sleep. Never knew that his grandfather had opened a spiritual website in the location. There was an altar that the man used to interface heaven. And memorials were established on that ground. Many years after the man had moved, the altar was destroyed. It was one of the stones of the altar that his rolling stone grandson chose as pillow. The guy did not accept the God of his fathers. He was a rolling stone. And he alighted upon this place where his grandfather made obeisance to heaven. And the spirit city that was generated on the account of his priesthood was still active. Because the angels sustained an oscillatory motion. They were ascending and descending. They were not descending and ascending. What was responsible for the motion was in the earth. In the natural, it was a place of stones. God put him to sleep so that his spiritual eyes can see the same place. And he saw a city of angels. In a consistent oscillatory motion. And as he followed it, he saw a portal. And the Lord was there. Standing at the peak of the portal. And gave him a covenant. That I will not leave you. Until I have fulfilled all that I have spoken to you. And that was not a strength on the strength of his intercession. He was a victim because of the priesthood of his ancestors. There are dimensions of intercession you can, you can even your great grandson that wants to be a court man, they can kill everybody, he will survive. And he will still preach the gospel. What do you know? He saw the land from the spirit realm. The, the terrain was different. It was a holding ground for angelic hordes. It is the glory of God to conceive only kings, only kings, only kings can search them out. Oh, I don't have time to take you to the book of Revelation. To show you the atmosphere where seals are broken. Okay, let me go small. The time for talk, talk, useless talk in the body of Christ is over. The days where all we had to do was form fair. It ended long time. There is a promise to the generations of the world that saviors will come from Zion. If there's any time we are in need of saviors, is now a, the set of the, a set of the most learned people upon the face of the earth decided to develop a vaccine for COVID-19 
most learned people on earth. And in their trials, the people they injected, they all died. They used all the laws of providing medication for virology. All the laws. First, people that volunteered for testing. What happened to them? I saw the news yesterday that they are looking for black people now. Volunteers in the black community for the next test. Even the smart people of our day have been perplexed by the situations on ground. But there is a promise that saviors must come from Zion. There are so many opportunities for the church to showcase her supremacy. So many opportunities in Nigeria and in the world at large. But we do not look like answers. We do not look like fulfillment. How long will the people that sit in darkness in Zabulom and Naphtali weep? How long will they weep? We seem to have a gospel that cannot answer questions. Everybody's afraid because we have not met with God. And so people can question you. From whence have you come? The only vindication will be that you have received some authority. I end with one scripture so that we can pray. First Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Oh, my heart burns. They say my speech and my pre preaching was not with the enticing words of, of man's wisdom. But in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? Why did Paul make that deliberate decision? He had the capacity for oratory, for vocal strength. He had the diction and the intelligence. But his mission in ministry was not to bam bamboozle people. The reason was because he wanted their faith to be anchored not on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. Oh. How be it, he said. We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, not the princes of this world that come to naught. The wisdom that you are preached with will show where you are coming from. Because the wisdom of this age will come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God has ordained before the world for our, our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it. If it's true that there was wisdom in darkness. They wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. The crucifixion of Jesus is an evidence of the fact that the devil is short in wisdom. Short in understanding. Short in knowledge. There were several codes that were put in place before creation began. It's on the strength of these codes that the devil stumbles again and again. And the Bible is a document that is full of the miscalculations of the devil. For had they known it, 
they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of I'm showing you the structure of secrecy that is in the realm of the kingdom that makes the devil naked. What 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 authority do you claim you have when you don't know, you don't know secrets, don't know kingdom secrets? You don't know the code that God has ordained for your village to be liberated. Meanwhile, Moses was able to uncover the fact that when God was created, he left an exit route in the belly of a river. And when the time came, he used a route that never existed to the eyes of man. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> Remember, there is a promise that saviors will come out of Zion. I have a question tonight. Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect another? So we wait for the time of your children or your grandchildren. Will these things that have been promised us come to pass when we are dead and gone? You don't see. You don't see. You don't see it. You don't see it. That's why you are not, you are not aggressive in your prayers. The church dies. All we have is the power of music. The power to strike chords. That's all we have. Our ancestors had power to govern. They came against kingdoms and they overtook them. They escaped the edge of the sword. They quenched the violence of fire. Out of weakness, the Bible says, they were made strong. Watch valiant in fight. Turn to flight. The armies of the aliens. The things I tell you, they are not theory. I was there. I was there. When herdsmen visited the terrain, I was there. So I'm not telling you stories that I don't know. Our current mode of discipleship will produce weaklings that will run on the day of battle. He raises a new breed without greed. A radical opposition against unrighteousness. Men that fear God and hate sin. And then you will begin to see real wisdom come from heaven. Because we speak the wisdom of God among them that are mature. The hidden wisdom. Oh my God. Can we, can we ask God to have mercy on our generation? Have mercy. Have mercy on our generation. Have mercy on our generation. We seek men with answers. Men like Moses that have met with God. Our affliction as a nation has gone beyond the allowance of justice and judgment. Now we seek the rights of sons of Zion. Are you the one who is to come? Are you the one who is to come? Is it true that you are the answer to the quagmire? Will deliverance be brought to the people? At this time, Nigeria cries. There is wailing in the land. There are, there are searches for answers. Thank you.
will bring the answers that our generation seeks. It is through your hand that will fall. Ask the Lord for grace. This house needs authority. Men and women galvanized with capacity, with authority. Men that have met with God. And saviors will come out of sight. This is the time. This is the time. The seasons 
that the prophets told us of the time for the fulfillment of the prophecies of Paelton. This is the time. This is the season. So a generation must rise to answer the clarion call in the spirit. Oh, a little one must become a thousand and a small one must become a strongness. Because this is the time. A little skema like This is the time. You will become the instrument of answers to the prayers of many generations. You become the instrument of fulfillment to prophecies hanging over the landscape. A new generation will do this. And the giants that stare us in the face as a nation must be compelled to bow. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Thy people Thy people shall be willing. Thy people, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Salomo Kopetali, Bresco Vesuse Salamandari, Abaiso Samuke Takelo Montelia. You will go back with answers for our generation. Ask too many questions right now. We need answers. And just like Moses met with God and said, How will they believe it? He will equip you tonight. He will equip you. He will equip you. He will equip you. He will equip you. His hand will be upon you. His name will be upon you. You will run through a troop. You will leap up a wall. Kings will come to the brightness of your eyes. Hello, Moseley. 
Sande kosa kabakabia. Brekisko bena santo. Bekotoko loko seli. Ebresko petamando. These are the days of kings. Men that can search things out. Jesus is looking for men to cut covenant with like he cut covenant with Jacob. He said, I will not leave you until I have fulfilled all that I have spoken. We blow the trumpet in Zion with sound an alarm on his holy mountain let all the inhabitants of the land for the day of the Lord cometh it is nigh at hand a day of darkness and gloominess a day of clouds and thick darkness as the morning spreads upon the mountains a people are not strong There has not been the likeness, even unto the tune of many generations. A fire devoured before them, and behind them a flame burned. The land is like the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is like the appearance of horses and like horsemen. So shall they run like the noise of the fire that devoured the stubble. So shall they leap like a people set in battle array before their face. The people who have much pain, all faces shall gather blackness. They shall walk everyone in his path. They shall run everyone in his ways, and when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. Kenya Basuma, I best put a cabel at
I command Sunday Babel. I command Shika Preskobela. I take Kombozo. In Arata Branta Babori Makedia. A Sombe. A Kalateme. A Skobe Maletalia. A Presko for Kobo Kote. We give you glory. We give you praise. It is the time of destiny. Get thee out of thy country, of thy kindred, of thy father's house. Come to a land that I will show you. Make of thee a great nation. I will make thy name great. I will bless him that blessed thee. I will cost him that cursed thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Raise among us men of stature. Let the days of the burning ones begin. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holy fire of all upon my altar. Come within me, Spirit, you deco. Holy fire fall upon my altar. Holy fire, fall upon my altar. From within me, spirit, you take over. Holy fire, fall upon my altar. Holy fire, holy fire. Holy fire, fall upon my home. Holy fire, holy fire, holy fire, fall upon
shall come from Zion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let the days of the burning ones begin. We bring hearts before you that you might set ablaze. Utter the course of our possibilities and the parts of our lives. Bring us into alignment as a generation. Let your voice in our hearts be heard. Let the commitment to consecration become the new course of life among us. Raise Puritans. Men that hate sin and fear God. Let there be authority. Authority to cast out devils, not just from men, but from territories. That our nation might be liberated from the stranglehold of a cultic power that holds it bent over. Let the yoke of the Assyrian be broken off her back in the name of Jesus Christ. Look among us and choose men that will hold the scepter of thy kingdom and proclaim your kingdom, your power, and your glory. Let the landscape of ministry be altered. Let it be more suited to manifest your current speakings. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray. Let the days of the burning ones begin. that are carried by the spirit for it is written that prophecy does not have its origin with man but holy men of all the spirit as they were carried by the spirit such men as your spirit can carry such men that can become spontaneous Highly inflammable under the hand of a God who is a consuming fire. Let it go down into record. Let it go on record in heaven. Even this night, oh God, as our petition rises. That in the next five years, let men look back. And say this is where it all began. Holy fire come upon my altar. Let my life take a new description. Interrupt me. Intercept me. Deliver me from my wisdom. Set me on course. Set me in motion. Do to me what you please that I might be an answer to the many questions of my generation. Rule and reign 
making us king in our hearts and in our territories. Let the darkness of the land meet with an illumination that it cannot withstand. Is it not written that the men of Zabulon and the men of Naphtali such as sit in darkness, they have seen a great light. Them that sit under the shadow of death, unto them has a light sun. Shine on, O great one of heaven. You that dwell in the midst of the cherubim, shine on the darkness of Nigeria. Shine on the darkness of Africa. Break the cord and let the rod of the Assyrian be destroyed. Arise, arise! Put on thy strength, O arm of God. Your people call. Your people call. Your children from across the world, they call. They call. Be not silent. Make haste to bring deliverance to us. Save us. We cry because of our land. We cry because of our children and our grandchildren here to be born. So that they will not be slaves in their nation. They will not become captive in their land. Let the excellency of your majesty shine forth. We call to thee, O Savior. You delivered your inheritance from the captivity of Egypt. Deliver us. We cry. We cry. Is it not written that with you there is mercy and that with you there is plenteous redemption? You know how to save. It is your specialty to bring deliverance. Arise, oh God. Arise, oh God. Arise, oh God. And let your enemies be scattered. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you've been blessed. For inquiries, kindly reach us on our helpline 0703-892-5861 or get other messages at www.thepristesplace.org. God bless you.